Video Podcast. This is show 95, Plugins and Plunder. I am Samuel Freeman, and I am joined this week only by... The very still, but still very active, Adam Yanch. Hello, everybody. Hello, Adam. Right, so I've said the title, and I can say where the show notes are. They are at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, show slash show slash 95. And, yep. The show is called Plugins and Plunder because we have some news about plugins and we have some blunder and that's about it. But before all of that, the first news item is actually, well, it's almost a week old. I think I did get the email about it after we got the show last week, but only just. And it's from Mixing Secrets, the the library of multi-track downloads. I'm sure we've mentioned it before. If not, click on the link and scroll to the top of the page to find out what that's all about. But they have a new... I mean, they have new stuff all the time, and this one caught my eye because it's new to the archive, but old in it of itself. It's transferred from analog to tape, recorded in 1975, 70s rock. Wow, that is classic. Classic. And the track is called... Street, it's by Street Noise. I guess that's the band, and it's called Revelations. I think that's, I think that's the right way around for those things to go, yeah. So I have now added... Adam, I pointed out that I have missed off the name from our post on the notes, but it's there now. Um, yeah, so I thought that that would work, adding that onto the top of the show in front of everything else, which is about plugins, because if you were going to be mixing these things these days, you're going to be using plugins. And maybe, as a first, you might want to put some drums upon that. Who knows? Tenuous links, but that's what we're all about. Um, Native Instruments have today released Drum Lab. It sounds good, actually. I had a look through the website that you posted a link to, which is basically the Native Instruments Drum Lab web website. So there you go, the web page of that of that thing. Uh, and the idea is it's actually a kind of hybrid. It's uh, it's between it has the sampled side, so they've got their professional drummers to come in and they've recorded the drum hits and all of this kind of stuff. But there's also a synthesis a synthesis engine, an electronic engine as well, and the interface is designed to allow you to mix the two together in uh, weird and wacky ways. So uh, I guess the idea there is for flexibility, extreme flexibility from these two different types of drum source. Yep, and being able to layer it up, the whole thing runs within Contact, Contact 5, but it will, if you just buy this on its own, you comes with the contact player free version so you you can get this whether or not you have contact yeah it reminded me of um the kong thing that's in the reason rack in terms of mixing sampling with synthesized things and the layering up but this looks yeah I, I don't i couldn't work out from what i read whether or not you can bring your own samples into here as well to layer up with other stuff i, I, I didn't see that i would hope so because that would expand it even more because you know your, your your general user will be able to use the inbuilt samples, but if you want to go extreme, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll create a pro version that allows you to do that. It also has effects in it, and it synchronizes with the machine hardware box too. So that's a nice little feature. Very much cool. Um, I think this might be a short show this week. Shall we move on? Yes, and now I have a question about the next one. Okay, yeah. 
Um, and the question well, it's, no, it's, it's more of an observation. And that is the, the next one is photo sounder spiral. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's here because you have a very you have an interest in spirals and well, especially um, this particular use of spirals specifically. Although they've not confirmed what it's doing, but it's quite obvious to me. Yeah, um, I well, I was looking for stuff to put in the show. I was going through the Twitter feed of the audio podcast, the audio podcast, and yeah, this caught my eye because it's from okay. The tweet is from Computer Music Magazine or Computer Music UK, and as you may or may not know, they have they every month they have a DVD, I suppose these days with samples and plugins and stuff on the on the front of the magazine, and they're promoting their next issue by saying, "Look, what's new next week? This thing called Spiral. Can you guess? Do you, like, what's it? Their words were, what do you reckon it's for?'" And then there's a picture embedded there, which, yep, shows a circle with C, C sharp, D going around the edge, and some colours on the inside, which. Yeah, it's it, to me it looks like it's a spectrum analyzer. I've been prototyping this type of thing and working with that display for quite a few years, and yeah, I was. It's always been a bit of a mystery to me why it wasn't more commonly available because it's such an obvious idea, and so it's kind of mixed feelings of joy that someone's finally released this, and kind of kicking myself that I'm, you know, a few months. That you didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, but no, I mean, if the person I've I've for the for the video viewers, um, I've I've grabbed my notes and I've. And here we have um, a U.S. patent from 1992, which shows the, which shows how it works basically. Um, so, yep, I, do, I definitely didn't get there first. You can. Uh, are you are you uh, nailing the coffin shut for this thing by showing that in the audio podcast? Hey, look, you do. But uh, from my own notes, um, <laughs> from my own notes, which I'm. I'm is actually the coloration um, I have dated here, um, 2011, February 21st. I've actually um, been decided to use the same coloration, there, which is quite interesting. Ah, uh, but would you? Oh, yeah. I've just done a, a comparison, and I, I uh, but in this one here on the on the audio podcast notes, it's not that the red indicates uh, louder. Um, I mean, what, what are, how does this picture, what are the axes? Okay, well, I can, yeah, it, I'm, I don't know that this is the same as, they, they haven't released it yet, I've not tried it out, but looking at what Photosounder have their own software, which is all to do with spectrum analysis and using spectrograms and stuff, but everything on their website from their previous software is using the traditional rectilinear display, where you have um, time on one axis and frequency on the other, and then you use depth of colour to show what the amplitude is. Mm. Yep. Well, here I think what they're doing is they're using the depth, the brightness to show what the amplitude is, but instead of represent, it's there's no representation of time, it's just a spontaneous display, but like an oscilloscope. But the, It would move when this is just a snapshot of one yep. sample or one frame or something. Exactly. And then the well, it's like a clock. It's like a a tone wheel. So if a part of the if, if the frequencies that are in the oct that are in the octave of C have the pitch class C, are all aligned upon a radius, and so it goes around. So in the image that they posted, there's a lot of energy displayed around C, a lot around E, and a lot around G, and that's because that's where the harmonics in a harmonic sound you get the perfect fifth within that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's there. Oh, so, yeah. so how about, okay, so you've got your C, right? Mm -hmm. But then, of course, the next C up is double the frequency. Yep. How is that? Are they, are they both shown at the same time? Obviously, that the C is, the C above is part of the spectrum of that C there. But um, is that why that's red? Uh, or is it to do with the where the course on the the spiral, as it were? Yeah, I think so. If you were to play a sine tone into a display like this, you would get just a single point. And if you increase the frequency of that of that as a continuous glissandi, then it would trace a spiral around. So it would yeah. start at C, go clockwise, and once you're an octave up, it would be back at the same angle, but it would be the radius will have changed. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, well, the conclusion I came to with this sketch that I showed was, because at first I was using, as lots of things do, using colour to be different pitch classes, so maybe C would be red and then kind of orange for C sharp, etc., going round. But that's kind of redundant because the angle already, tells already you shows that. you that. Yes, yeah, so you don't yeah. need the colour to say that as well. So a better use for colour is to help you separate out the octaves, because when you're looking at a point at one side of a circle and a point at the opposite side of the circle, it's very difficult to judge by eye what the relative radius is and therefore which is higher than the other, which is higher and which is lower. So by having the having the colours go through the colour spectrum from low to high, you get that thing is it's so quite stunning actually now that you show your little diagram there that you drew years ago. And then you match it to this, and it's almost spookily the same. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. I'm quite happy. It kind of was a bit... This kind of stuff happens all the time. Like, it's such an obvious idea that it's not It's not invention. It's It's like you've seen that series, Everything is a Remix. Are you familiar with that? We've plundered it in the past. Things aren't really invented. Everything's just a... A rehashing of the yeah. past. Rehashing, but stuff, yeah, next steps of development of things are inevitable based on what's already available around you. Well, you could say that this it could be a technical maturation thing. Um, maybe the technology, I'd imagine the technology to do this has been around for a while, though, because it doesn't look that complicated as a processing task. Not at all. But who knows? I mean, the other question is, is it useful to view sound in this way? Um, my personal take on that is yes, you get a really really interesting insight into the spectra of sound when you look at things this way. For a start, it makes you can intellectually know that equal temperament is kind of an approximation that is it's wrong, you know, like the, uh, the equal division of an octave into 12 steps like you have on a piano is, is not true to harmonics. Mm. And you can kind of intellectually know that, and that you know you have perfect, um, you have just intonation and other things that are more, that are more aligned to stuff. But when you see, when you put a sound in, you can just use your own voice. You sing a note or you play an instrument into it, and you can see that the the fifth's quite close, but other strong areas are just off. And so, yeah, or if you play. If you play some an equal-tempered 
instrument into it, you can see that the fundamental frequencies will always line up, but that the higher harmonics are out of tune compared to the other equal to equal tempered positions. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's useful in that sense, and yeah, but there's there's lots of uses for it. One thing, one one last thing to add then before we move on, I think, unless you have anything else, would be that it appears to me from what I can see that they are showing lower octaves in the center of the circle and higher octaves on the outside. Um, that's what I did at first with this. Um, that's what I've been doing since 2006. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? Because of the linear scale is, is not, sorry, not linear, not linear scale, the logarithmic <laughs> scale. So, like, there's a lot more happening on the outside. You, you have to cover a lot more numbers on the outside. Exactly so. So, yeah, the distance between C and C sharp is always the same um, pitch difference, but in terms of frequency, when, you know, it's a short distance between in a low octave and in a higher octave it's much higher but as you, but our perception of sound we are more sensitive to lower frequencies we can hear the difference between exactly C and just a bit off C in the lower octaves whereas in the higher octaves you don't notice so much so you need more control in the higher so yep yeah, for, for the analyzer it definitely makes sense and the my own prototype that I'm using still analyzes and displays in the same way that they are, but if you're going to use this type of layout, the, um, what I call it, a spiroid frequency space, or a frequency spiral, whatever, you, um, for an input, you're better off putting lower frequencies on the outside where you've got more control, so mm. you can more precisely place your lower frequencies and not worry too much about the higher ones. Yep, there we go. There you go. So that's, that's the spiral. That's the Photosounder Spiral, which is part of Photosounder, which is a, a software. You can actually go to the Photosounder website, photosounder.com, uh, check out the notes on the audio podcast website, or the audiopodcast.co.uk, forward slash show, forward slash 95. Now, shall we go on to our last news item? Yep, oh, you've slightly misdirected people there. It's, this is going to be available on the Computer Music magazine. It'll be a free plug-in with that on their issue 195. Oh, very cool, very cool. Yes, this so is free. You which... could go and buy it, you could go and buy it, or you could get it free with Computer Music magazine. Yep. Okay, let's move on to the final plug-in story this week, which is... Uh... Um, I've lost it. Here we go. It's a lot of plugins. It's a lot of plugins. The Plugin Alliance, which is, we've mentioned them a few times, it's a, an alliance of different plugin makers, but they now have a single bundle product. You can buy all 33 of their available plugins in one go. That's a bit crazy, and especially when you see the price. <laughs> but that's part of this. what this is all about, isn't it? Um, there's new way of buying these plugins and you get a huge discount as part of it. It's a, uh, a kind of an installment plan, but you don't pay interest on it. So you you basically just take the, the price and you chop it into 12 and you can pay for it. Are there more than, are there other plans as well or is that, is that the only one? There's two options, yeah, you can do it, you can pay, well you can pay it all in one go if you've got Almost three grand or whatever. So it's two thousand three hundred eighty-eight dollars. What it is, um, 
but I mean, that, you know, that's still three thousand dollars less than buying them all individually. So they oh, say, the um, other thing I noticed was no, you keep going. Ask well, the last thing is yeah, and then so you can pay that over with six months over yeah, every, you pay six months or twelve months monthly payments. So you can do monthly payments for six or twelve months. But the other thing I noticed in uh, reading it was that if you already own some of these plugins, then the price is adjusted. So you get you go for the bundle, but it can actually take out the ones that you already own. And adjust so, the price accordingly, yes. Exactly. So you don't have to re-buy plugins that you already have that are in the bundle. The, yep. There's other good stuff about lists in terms of making it seem like a fairly sensible thing they're offering, which is if you were... they. So you pay up front, you get all of your things, and they give you a 30-day license, and then you pay your next installment, they give you another 30-day license, and so on, until you've paid it all off, and then, then you have an unlimited license, obviously. If you don't want to pay on a particular month, then you can not. I think, they give, I think you've got 15 months in which to pay off. If you're doing it over 12 months, then you can... You can Three spare it. months, basically. Yep. Oh, that's nice. So basically, this is how the licensing stroke purchase of something like Adobe Creative Suite should work mm. rather than the method they have. It's, it's nice to know that if you put the money in, yes, you might have to pay per month, and but you'll get the benefit out of it. But at least at some point you can say that you own this thing and you don't have to... You're not left in limbo, for example, if things change and you're not able to get go back to that like you stop you stop purchasing the monthly license and then all of a sudden you need to go and remix something you made during that period where you have to go and get the the, the plugins again um, yeah no this is a nice system I think that's a, a system that other software people should take up so yeah doing when I did some more reading around the edge of this I noticed that well it might be within one of the blurbs I received, but um, one of the reasons they're able to do this is that they've moved away from iLock to having their own um, copyright protection stuff, which they have a system where you can use any USB dongle memory stick to carry your licenses on. Oh, that's a nice idea. It is. So, they, so they're managing that whole side themselves. So there was a thing saying if you own any of these plugins with, with your iLock, then you can migrate to it onto their new system in order to then get the whole bundle with mm. the reduction and whatnot. But yeah, that's a, it's, yeah they, they seem to be taking that kind of control in-house rather than, yeah, which will avoid all, yeah, so they get away from problems. Lots of people, oh, every now and then, I'm trying to be very careful now, um, people have issues with um, pace every now and then, don't they? And just the whole the whole thing of it kind of, you, you can kind of see why it exists and why they, people find it necessary, but do people really go about it the right way? Well, it seems like Plugin Alliance are attempting to attempting to be more realistic about it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's good to have a, 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 another system in that respect because a few weeks ago we covered the... Uh, the uh, when the iLock system went down... Yeah. And it really scuppered some people who 
needed to use the iLock system and they couldn't because the system was not working properly. So, I mean, I'm not saying that this could help in exactly the same situation, but at least there's another solution for software makers to go for. Yeah, cool. So I'd say um, with uh, having talked about all of these plugins, do we actually know how many actual plugins there? This, the number wasn't listed anywhere. They, the offer is everything that was available on a specific date, which has passed. But there is a list, and I copied and pasted the list into um, a text editor. I can't remember which one, and that gave me a line count of 33. Mm. Oh. That's a lot of plugins. It is, and yeah, I think it, I think I worked out that it works out about $70 per plugin, where most of them are retailing at 100 and something. So, so uh, not a bad deal if you can um, if you can afford to pay, go with one of their options or pay outright. So with that, come uh, we come to the end of the news, and we come towards the plunder. Plunder. Arg. Okay, plunder this week supplied by Scott Hewitt, who's not here, but he has given us a wonderful piece to start with, which is from the Shore UK blog, and the top half of the page will um, give you some interesting history about how they they build stuff to military spec, blah, blah, blah. But their point they get <laughs> is there's a YouTube well, we, embedded well, at the bottom yeah. which kind of shows, you know, the strongness of the build is like legendary in terms of SM58s and such. And they and they themselves, Shaw and other people, love to test this theory out and the video in question has Shaw microphones versus a tour bus. Yeah, I think this uh I, I didn't really get very much through the the text of this article, and the video of the article is very. It seems very unrelated to what the article <laughs> is really about. Yeah. But the video is really great, and I suggest uh, that that people watch it. Um, would you like to explain the uh, the Shaw microphones versus tour bus? But yeah, okay. it's, it's fairly simple. I think they do it with three microphones, 58, 57, and something else. And 86. 86, okay. Yep, so he's speaking into the 58 at the beginning, and then they place the microphone on the floor, and they roll the tour bus over it. Like, they place it under the wheel, that is, and they yeah. drive over it. You hear the sound of the... Cap of the oh, man. Of it getting crunched. It's a, it's a horrible sound. It's like... Crunch. Oh, it's like you could use that as foley in a film where someone like <laughs> breaks their arm or something. It, it's uh, oh, it's a spine tingling one that. It is, and then they show you the flattened microphone, but they can still speak into it, and you can still hear the voice. And they do the same for the other two microphones, so it might not sound as good, but it still sounds. They still work. I mean, we're not suggesting that you should go out. Buy yourself an SM58, run it, run over it with a lorry, and then go and perform with it. But you know, it's the. Uh, they, I remember them doing the same thing with an iPod Nano many years ago. Running over it with a car, and uh, yeah, it's just that same type of idea. Yeah, I've seen videos in the past years ago and now. I don't of um. SM58s being like buried underground for three years and dug up and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah, and and working. So, yeah. yeah, you couldn't do that in a in a YouTube video though. 
I think they, they kind of cut. <laughs> it might not have been three years. It might have just been a couple of seasons. I don't know. But, yeah. Okay, so that's basically the history of Shaw with a nice little uh, microphone crushing experiment at the end. And then our final piece of plunder is a CD that has been released with a commentary track. Yeah, so this is on the Ninja Tune label, and there's a, a band called Fink. I don't know them. I don't know if you do. Um, no. no. Well, they've released an album of live recordings from some tour or another, and if you buy the CD, I think you get a second bonus CD, or maybe you buy it separately. I don't know. But anyway, each track has the bands talking over it points of interest, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, I kind of, on, on the website that's linked to, there are short excer- excerpts that you can listen to. And, yeah, it what seems they like say? It's like, at this point in recording, <laughs> it was very hard because uh, the bass player was, uh, was not sleeping well and he was getting very agitated and it was really bringing the band down. Was it, do you think it's that kind of thing? Or? I think it, it is, but I think it's a lot more positive than that. I think it's more, oh, this must have been recorded early. Well, one of them specifically is, this must have been a recording from the beginning of the tour because your voice isn't all husky yet. That wasn't the word they used, but that kind of thing. Or also, then on another track, they say, oh, this must be a recording from later in the tour because you got the looper pedal correct on your guitar there. At the beginning of the tour, you were getting it all wrong. That's quite negative. I suppose, but they were all laughing about <laughs> it. And on the recording that you're listening to, it's right, so... It's okay. I, yeah. You see, this was an idea that, because um, long-time audio podcast listeners uh, might remember that last year in June, at the end of June, I released a uh, an interesting uh, musical thing called Futures EP, which is actually... It was only available for uh, iPhones and iPads and that type of thing. And it was a a couple of tracks that play differently every time. And actually part of what I wanted to do there, I, I coded in the functionality but I didn't actually do the recordings, was have a commentary track that you could access through a, a secret little code. So you could switch on commentary and switch it off. But I never actually recorded the commentary. Uh, so um, just like the spiral thing that, uh, that we were talking about earlier, this is an idea that I had last year and I didn't actually do it. I, I, I just I didn't have time to put it all together. There we go. Okay, so a little personal plug for me in that. <laughs> Fantastic. Go and check out what a CD with commentary sounds like. You can go and uh, check out the album uh, Wheels Turn Beneath My Feet by Fink. Uh, I believe that we can credit the discovery of this for the audio podcast um, to Alex. and we haven't heard of, heard from Alex after for a while on the audio podcast, but that's a uh, it's a nice little addition there. Thank you, Mr. Harker, Doctor Harker, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, and that's a, and oh, hold on, it says it's available on Spotify, so maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's uh-huh. maybe it's a digital a digital thing. Anyway, so that's it. We've come to the end of the show. Did I say the date at the beginning? I'll say it again. It's Tuesday the 6th of August. I don't know if it's relevant to anyone ever, but we do say it, so I'll say it again. Um, Yeah, this this has been 
the audio podcast, um, yes. show number 95. And don't forget to go to the audio yeah, podcast right. UK website. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, at the audio podcast. Are there any more? Oh, there's a Google Plus page. I don't know the link to that. Yeah, I think there's a Facebook page as well, and all sorts of stuff. It's all out there. Just uh, you know, just whack uh, the audio podcast into Google, and you'll probably find some stuff. Um, <laughs> this week, I have been Adam Yanch, and I am Samuel Freeman. Goodbye. And goodbye. Hear from you next week. Bye. <laughs>